Eye on 2020, episode 223. Have 2020 vision with Eye on 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, y'all? Happy Monday to you. It's Ray Eaton here, host of Ion 2020. Thank you for joining me for another day and another week in the 2020 election. I'll be going five days this week, like I always do. I appreciate those who continue to listen and support the show. Uh, hey, guys, I was listening to an art- or a uh, interview the other day on... NPR. I was bored out of my mind, obviously. If you're listening to NPR, you got to be bored, right? And I was sitting there just listening to it. And I was just listening to this art, this um, interview that they were having with Pete Buttigieg. And you guys know what I've been saying about him. He's like somebody that definitely knows his stuff. He is well rehearsed. He's well uh, read on the issues and that he focuses on. And he knows exactly what to say when it comes to like being politically correct. Um, you know, not not saying the wrong thing and all that, but he's been getting beat up a little bit about the way that the police force in his city that he's he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, right? And I guess there was a some kind of shooting or something that happened that put him on front stage nationally and the way that the police force dealt with this particular issue is wrong and they're kinda of saying that he was kind of one of those people that was to blame. And it's just the way that politics is, right? If something happened within your city, obviously they're going to, you know, bring it right up to the mayor's office and say, hey, this is his fault. So they've been kind of saying that he hasn't been focused in on the issue of like the way that police officers are treating African-Americans and that, you know, maybe there's some judgmental stuff going on and so forth. So he had, he was getting kind of grilled on that. Now he was really answering a lot of the questions correct on all the different issues, like not correct in my view, but correct in the way that you you would position yourself if you're trying to be like the middle ground Democrat, if you know what I mean. Like on Medicare for All, he was saying, you know, there is a middle ground for it and this and that. And then on all the issues, he's, you know, shooting for the middle ground. He's not trying to be, you know, the far left candidate. You guys know that. So when it came to the police force issue and dealing with police officers and so forth, they were asking him about that, and there's something that I picked up on, and I think that, and I wonder if a lot of Democrats feel this way, but I picked up on it, and I was like, wow, that is like the worst possible solution that you can have to this issue. So, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but most libertarians do, and I would hope that most Americans do as well, uh, but on a lot of issues, maybe people don't feel that way, but when it comes down to it, if it can be left in the hands of a local, the local government, right? If it can be left in the hands of a local government, it, it should. And the reason why is because it's going to fit, it's going to keep the issue closest to home. And the people that are dealing with it are going to be people that are going to be most affected by it if it goes wrong. So you should keep issues and administration in the bureaucracy as close to home if possible to the point that even you know i always say down to the very individual that's who should be taking care of your 
taking care of you. Like liberty should go down to the individual. Governance should go down to the individual. But in the national spectrum, you could say if the federal government should get out of almost everything. And then at that point, it should be all delegated to the states. And the states should at that point delegate it down to the counties and the cities, down to the neighborhoods, down to the individual. You know, like I'm for... In that sense, I'm for bringing every, all responsibility down to the individual at some point. But let's start at the national level. Let's start at the state level. Let's start in those levels and then work our way down, if you know what I mean. So what Pete Buttigieg was saying during the interview is that they were asking him about police training and you know, local police having so much control and how they're dealing with suspects and how they're dealing with different communities of color and communities of different um, nationalities and so forth. And he was saying that he thinks that there should be some sort of national police presence or national police officers, or in another way, he's saying a national police academy also. And he brought it down to that, that there should be a national police academy that then people go down from the national police academy into the local police precincts and at that point, maybe the federal government should have more control over those precincts. And that has not been the way it's been done in America from the very beginning. Like the police officers are run by counties usually. And on or there's the county sheriff's officers, the city police officers, and so forth. But everyone has their jurisdiction. And people don't impede upon other people's jurisdictions. Like if you're in the city, you have your jurisdiction over the sheriff that has the county jurisdiction and so forth. And the state officers don't go in, like the state police officers don't go into the counties and the cities and try to control things there either, unless they're asked for it or if they need some help. And I mean, I think it's even this way because I mean, it's, it's the way it's, it's presented on like a lot of these TV shows is that the FBI doesn't even go into some place unless they're invited in some way. Now, they will do, like, investigations and stuff, but they won't sit there and um, impede or in, get involved in city and state uh, police uh, police forces unless they're invited. Now, how much they really follow that, I'm not sure. But Pete Buttigieg was going as far as saying that there should be some sort of police you know, national police force and so forth. And I was just thinking to myself, that is just the t- most terrible way to deal with a specific situation, which is the way that police officers deal with minorities and the way that police officers deal in the high stress situations that they're in, where they're quick to pull the trigger if somebody reaches for their belt, supposedly, or they're given the ability to just say he was reaching for his belt and then getting out of it. So now, because of a lot of the issues that are going on, he wants to nationalize the police forces, the local police forces. To me, that is, like I said, a terrible thing. Like, if if you want to have zero accountability to the people that make decisions, nationalize it. When you have a local sheriff or a local police sergeant or somebody that's in charge of a precinct and it comes down to them them being reelected or their jobs when those decisions are made at that level they are the most likely to suffer a loss because of bad judgment or bad decisions or corruption so you need to keep all that stuff at the local level the th- reason why we're having problems with police officers in the first place is number 1 they're overworked because of the war on drugs You have a war on drugs that's set up where you are going after people with a minor possession of weed and locking them up. 
how much time is being spent on those people versus the ones that are really doing crimes. How much time is also being spent on traffic violations and traffic stops versus investigating real crimes. Things like that. Do we need these officers taking care of really things that don't really don't matter? Somebody having possession of a little bit of weed, somebody selling a little bit of weed to their buddy, things like that. Like is that something that they should be taking their time on? No, but these people are overworked, so they're going into certain situations where there's a lot of stress on them. And then it also puts them, you know, with all that stress, it puts them into the position where they're thinking negatively about a certain group or a group of people in a certain neighborhood, maybe. So they pull some over in that neighborhood, and they've already had bad experiences in that neighborhood in the past. And they automatically have their hand on their gun ready to go when they get into a neighborhood like that. And then it happens to be somebody that is just cruising on through, gets pulled over, and things happen and someone gets shot. And as tragic as that is, as terrible as that is, it's because of the way that the policing is done in the first place. Because of the war on drugs. You have so much more crime because of the war on drugs as well where this drug dealer has to protect his turf, so he has his guys around. Like the way that a drug, like in an inner city, you'll have, you know, 15 kids that are kind of paid to keep an eye for cops that are coming through the neighborhood while the couple of drug dealers hang out on the corner. And then people come through, they, the, they go up and they deal the drugs and they move on, and there's kids that keep a lookout. There's like a whole system, there's a whole black, you know, there's a whole underground legal system, essentially, or protection system, essentially, on keeping that person, that drug dealer that's at the top, keeping his turf. So he has 10, 15 guys that are out there selling drugs on certain corners, and then there's a whole group of kids that are around that are trying to move themselves into that type of position, who are going to keep a lookout, and there's a little bit of money being passed around here and there to those kids. And all that money gets fed up the chain because of the fact that it's illegal. You don't have that entire system built up around beer and cigarettes. There's a legal system built up around beer and cigarettes. There's a black market system, a black market economy built up around the drug trade. And people are packing heat to protect their turf, protect their their storefronts, essentially, which is that corner. Because the police officers aren't going to do that. The legal system's not going to do that. So who's going to do it? The drug dealers have, that's a part of their expense, the protection of their turf. And if you try to impede upon my turf, you get shot. Now the police officers are all up in there as well. They're in that situation where they might be going into these neighborhoods in the inner cities And they're already a little bit worried about these people that are packing heat to protect their turf. And they're overworked, they're stressed out. And next thing you know, something negative happens. Something bad happens, a tragic shooting happens, and it makes national news. And then what do the people at the top say? What do the people that are running for election for president say? We need to nationalize the police force. 
We need to give government more power, more control over these police forces. No, there's a systemic reason why this stuff happens. And nationalizing it is not a solution. That's not, that's like putting a band-aid, putting a band-aid on an open wound, you know? Putting a band-aid on a bullet hole. It's not, this, this, you need to figure out why things are the way they are and then fix them. And one of the things is, is these police officers, the way that the police forces are now, having to deal with fighting a war on drugs constantly, that puts them all on edge. And then you have the black market built up around it. It's, a, it's not, obviously not as simple as that. There's more to it than that. But it's not just because these cops are racist driving around trying to kill black kids. Now there might be one or two that are like that. That's po- that's probably true. Just like there's one or two racist people in every group. You know? That doesn't paint the entire group as racist and ready to kill every person out there that's of a different race. But we're willing to use their authority to lock up everybody of a certain race. But there are systemic things that go along with that that are causing the problems. And one of them, the main Issue, I guarantee, is the war on drugs. But I hate it. I absolutely despise when politicians, they say, that oh, the answer is nationalizing. It just, you know what? We need to have the government in control of that. The federal government in control of that stuff. You know what? Why don't we make the United Nations in charge of it then? Why don't we go that far? Or have a NATO in charge of it, the police forces at that point, you know? Like, just because you go to the next level, does that does that make it a better answer to the problem? We just, you know, yeah, just nationalize. That'll help fix it. That's what they say about Medicare for all. That's what they say about, you know, the solution is always, yeah, just nationalize it. Break, give more power, give more control to the federal government. That's the solution to every problem in these politicians' eyes. But that's not even an answer to the problem. That's not even an answer. That's a band-aid. That's all it is. That's them trying to get reelected. Oh yeah, when I get up there, you know, we're just gonna nationalize the police force and then everything will be better. Then they'll get the right training that they need. You don't think they get the right training that they need already? They probably get overtrained already. That's probably one of the problems as well. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that. Like the way that they're training the police officers now is not to be the people that protect and serve, but to treat everybody like a criminal, possibly. Everybody's a possible suspect. How does that make your head feel when you're thinking like that all the time, right? Can you imagine? I mean, that's... I, I couldn't imagine the mentality of a police officer when they're trained that way. But that's how they're... I've just heard that the training is... You know, the training is on that same national level that they're having, that they're talking about doing, you know, it's just, uh, it's just crazy to think that way, but that's how these politicians think, that's how these, these, especially the Democrats and the Republicans, they really think that just because you bring it to the national level, everything's going to be fixed, but it's not, but that's what Pete Buttigieg was saying, and that kind of scares me, that someone would have that as the policy, because that's going to make the police forces even less focused on serving the people, I guess, in that way. 
that's going to make them even less responsive to the local people. That, that like the the responsibility will now say, well, you know what? Well, it's not our fault that that happened. You know, it's the, that's a train that we had from the federal government. Blame them, just like with schools nowadays, right? Public public education. Well, you know what? That's common core, and that's what they're pushing on us. What else? What else we're we gonna do? I'm just trying to te- I'm just trying to teach the test, guys. I have to teach the test. That's what I do all year. So if your kid's not getting the right education, not my fault. I'm just teaching them the test. Who has that? Uh, who who is the person with the responsibility to take care of your your family or your kid? You know that's what they that's that's what it'll come down to. Well, we'll just pass that responsibility up the chain until nobody's really responsible at that point. And that's what happens when you nationalize things. Bring it down to the community level. All of it. Bring it all down to the community level. In my HOA, we have security guards that drive around the neighborhood. If they're not doing their job, we're going to fire them, you know? If they're going around intimidating people because of their race, we'll fire them. We'll get a new group. You know, like that... That the buck stops with that. How do you fire a national police force at that point? How do you get the sheriff out of office, but by getting him out there, you know, by by putting it on the front page that he's corrupt, and at that point you elect a new sheriff. Like that's the quickest way to get the solution to the problem. But on the national level, you're not going to have that. So, uh, But I'm not going to go any further on that. I just thought that it was just a terrible thing that Pete Buttigieg was even presenting that. And I'm listening to, the, I'm listening to this entire interview. I'm just like, man, this guy, like if he gets people to listen to him, Democrats are going to love him. He's saying all the right things every single time, every answer to his questions. You know, he he knows his stuff. He's really... Just an eloquent speaker. He sounds very educated, which he is. He's a veteran. I mean, what more can a Democrat ask for than that? And then you might even get some crossover people to come over there and vote for you because you are a veteran. I don't know. I just, I mean, but his answer to the police forces is just nationalize it. That's that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Um, but hey... Another thing I wanted to talk about today, and this has been going on for a while, and it's just, I didn't bring it up on the show yet, and it's something that needs to be talked about, it really is, and it's um, it's not making hardly any media attention because of the impeachment trial, because of the impeachment thing that's going on, and the Democrats are all up in arms to try to impeach President Trump, the Democrats are just running with this whole impeachment thing and there is a lot more you can hit Donald Trump on than this impeachment you know like they can I'm starting to think that the impeachment is just a sideshow in order to just destroy Donald Trump right and then they get them elected because the Democrats it's a political thing that's all it is that's I'm starting to feel that way Uh, I don't I'm I've looked into this quite a bit and if you're talking about a quid pro quo of any sort that the, what, what, about what they're talking about, which is we're going to withhold money that the federal government is going to give you 
unless you investigate in or we want you to investigate into Hunter Biden or else we're going to for stuff that he did in 2016 or stuff that was going on uh, with him getting a job with this particular company and all that. Right. So they wanted him to invest. They wanted Ukraine to investigate that. And Donald Trump, even if there is a quid pro quo, quid pro quo. I don't think that that's an impeachable offense. Like if you think about it from a high crimes and misdemeanors standpoint, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a impeachable offense. I don't think it's a crime by any means. It's money going to a foreign country and the federal government can withhold that and he's the executive so he would have that power in some way. But that's neither here nor there about what I want to talk about. I'm just saying like that's what's front and center on the news right now. And you're missing something that's absolutely illegal and terrible that the federal government is trying to do from what Donald Trump is trying to do over in Syria. And that's keeping the oil and selling it and trying to get ExxonMobil to go over there and pump oil out of their grounds. And then sell it and allow that money to be kept by the, the um, I think it's the IPG or something like that. The, whoever the whoever the allies of America are over there, right? Um, the Kurds. So yeah, I, whatever the Kurdish forces, I can't remember what they call them. But he wants, what they're saying, originally it was, yeah, we're going to keep that oil. We're going to keep that oil. We're going to sell it. That's what Donald Trump was saying. I've heard recordings of it. And then it becomes, well, we're going to keep the oil, but we're going to give it to the Kurds. Give that money to the Kurds at that point. And... The thing is, is this, international law, and I, I know we're all libertarians, so who cares about nation, nations and nationalism and all that, but this is the federal government that's doing this, so it's something that's illegal on the national level, or on the international level, and it's saying that, like, Syria is responsible for the border, for the borders of its country, right? Like, that is their land, that is, anything that's on there is their resource, and the federal, the federal government, the military goes in there and we basically confiscated some of that land during this whole thing going in there and fighting ISIS and all. And then we ally with the Kurds in order to help fight off ISIS. And then all the stuff that's going on with Turkey since then. And we pull back some troops, but then we keep certain areas and we're protecting these oil fields. Our soldiers, American soldiers, are protecting these oil fields and then Donald Trump says, well, we're going to keep that oil, we're going to sell it, and then ultimately we're going to give that money to the Kurds. But that is not American oil. That is not America's land. That is not America's resources. That is not Iraq's resources. That is not the Kurds' resources. That is not Turkey's resources. It's Syria's resources. And they have the sovereignty to go do what they want to with that oil. And I read an article the other day that said that American forces will defend their position. And if Syria tries to go claim that oil, if Syria tries to go claim those fields, if Syria tries to take over that area, that they have the right to go, or that they have the ability to shoot. Can you imagine Syria sends soldiers there to claim that area and America fights back against them? Over oil? Are our soldiers worth that? Is that what you feel about our soldiers, Donald Trump? 
Is that how you feel about them? That they're there to protect oil? That they're there to die and defend oil? That is not a national interest. And I don't care about national interest in the first place overseas. National interest is the borders here at home. If anything, that's our national interest. Not some oil fields over in Syria that we want to puff out our chest and say, These are, this is our oil, this is our money, and you can't have it. No, this is, that is infringing upon a sovereign nation's borders and taking their resources. And it's illegal and it's wrong. And you don't hear nothing about it. Nothing at all in the press. All you hear in the press is, oh yeah, big thing going on with the, with the impeachment inquiry this month, or this week. The next week, we're starting a new round in the impeachment inquiry. New things happen in the impeachment inquiry. That's all you hear. You don't hear anything about Syria. It's absolutely terrible. It's wrong what they're doing over there. That is not our interests. And if one soldier dies because of it, that is a wasted life. on his, And it's on his hands. It's on Donald Trump's hands if that happens. That is something you could go after Donald Trump for. And that's wrong. And maybe you could win on that particular issue right there, Joe Biden. But you know what? You're just as much of a warmonger as he is. Even more so, I guarantee it. At least Donald Trump, sometimes his heart is in the right place. But this is just him being led astray by the military. I guarantee it. I mean, that's that's them using his own words against him. Well, yeah, we should take the oil. Yeah, you know what? We should take the oil. That's all, that's all he's thinking. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap up this show today. I appreciate you keep it on coming out and listening to the show every single day. I'll be doing this Monday through Friday for you until the election happens, all right? So check me out, iontheempire.com, iontheempire on Facebook and on Twitter as well. You can email me, ray at iontheempire.com. And then I really appreciate the five-star ratings, guys. I made a call out for that, and a couple of you guys actually went in there and gave me a five-star rating. So I appreciate that. That's helping out with all those people there. Give me those one-star ratings because they hate what I'm talking about when I'm dissing their candidates. And I just dissed Donald Trump for a little bit today, so... And I just beat Buttigieg, so I just made a few more enemies. So if any of y'all really like the show, go ahead and give me a five-star rating review to help against those people that are going to now beat me up because I dissed Donald Trump and um, and Pete Buttigieg today. But hey, guys, I appreciate you joining me. Like I said, five-star ratings reviews and reviews are very helpful. And then come on back tomorrow so you can have clear vision for 2020.